my approach always is add in. Oh, you're trying to do less of this. What are you going to add in? Oh, you want to have less, I don't know, Coca-Cola every day. What are you adding in? Oh, you want to have less drinks, alcohol drinks in a day. What are you adding in? Because it's human nature when someone takes something away to go, are you what? Wait, I wanted that. I had that. There was That was there for a reason, right? So it's important to look at what am I adding in and what was the purpose of that thing that I felt like I needed. Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything, and I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. Before we get started, a reminder, we are not medical professionals, and this podcast is for general education purposes and is not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat any physical or mental illness that we do highly recommend that you seek a professional on your own after hopefully feeling or learning things on the show. So I want to welcome Nina Mendelson back onto the show. Mandelson, not Mendelson. Thank you. You didn't even have to correct me. I saw your finger and I was like, let me go check. You were on our show early on episode 10 and we talked about body peace, which was something that I honestly hadn't heard of before, and it made so much sense to me, and I loved getting that connection and knowledge from you, so I'm excited that you're back specifically to talk about quitting the diet and weight-based mindset and war that we have with our body, and instead bringing to New Year's resolutions the ideas of building self-love, building habits, building behaviors that can set us up for success and things to feel good about going forward. So I'm super excited that you're here to broach some of what I think is at the top of everyone's minds this time of year. Mm-hmm. Stacy, it is a delight to be back with you. And I, I'm really passionate about this topic because I feel like our culture gets aggressive right around now and right at new year's it's like super in your face how you need to change and there's something wrong with you and if you don't do it this year what is your problem and it just feels oppressive actually and what happens is a lot of promises a lot of hope people feel like oh my gosh i have to improve i need to turn myself into a project and then there's this that sort of peak of excitement and thrill and woohoo I got a new thing going and I'm so awesome and let me post the pictures and let me show everybody the improvement and then crickets because it's not sustainable and then with the crickets of no longer posting because you can't stick to whatever that diet was or whatever that exercise regime was or whatever the heck the promise was comes shame what's wrong with me? And I just want to stop the whole cycle. I want to start with, there's nothing wrong with you. Do we often as human beings want to evolve? Yeah. Do we naturally change through our life, grow, experience new things that impact how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about the world? 
Absolutely. That's what human beings do. We evolve. But do we need to be forced into change and self-improvement? And I'm putting self-improvement in those air quotes because that's what starts to feel like I have to be in this management of my body. I have to be in control of my body. I have to restrict or I have to push. And none of those things feel good. They don't feel like being at peace in our body. They feel like a very aggressive relationship. And one of the things you said, Stacey, was we want to talk about what kind of behaviors do we want to adopt? What kind of habits do you do we want to adopt? And the thing that I want to offer is what kind of relationship do you want to have with yourself this year? Not what are you going to change? What are you going to do? What's going to be different? What are you not going to eat anymore? No. What's the relationship that you want to have with your body? Do you want to be in a yelling match, a criticism fiesta? Do you want to be in a constant tearing down aggressive relationship that doesn't feel good. And body peace is fundamentally about creating a relationship with your body that feels supportive, that feels respectful, that feels caring, that feels yummy, juicy. It feels like the kind of relationship, the kind of body you want to be with. That's the kind of relationship we want. That's body peace. I love it. And I do want to remind listeners that if they're looking for more about what body piece is that you can find Nina on all her social channels at Nina Manelson, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You can also just Google Nina body piece and you'll come up. I know that's often how I'm searching for you on Instagram. And this concept of body piece we talked about on episode 10 is one that I highly encourage you to go back and listen to if you are coming to the show and haven't heard that one. And while Nina's going to revisit some of this stuff at a very high level, as you already just did as well. We're going to move forward with this idea that everybody, everybody cannot avoid the New Year's drama. Let me just put it that way. There are billions of dollars being poured into the idea of New Year's being a fresh start. And what's interesting to me is I paid attention to my own body's desire to change things up over the last like year or two as I became more in touch with who I wanted to be and the relationship that I wanted to have with myself inside and out. And I noticed that every season change, I actually naturally leaned into these things. There wasn't some outside force telling me this is the time to create change in your life. This is the time to rest more. This is the time to declutter your pantry or donate goods to food kitchens and all that kind of stuff. It was like, I'm just going to do these things as they come up for me. And what was interesting is that I found that spring cleaning didn't happen in the spring for me. It happened in the (laughs) fall for me. I was much more interested in nesting and doing those kinds of things. And when it comes to resolutions, I actually find that I really leaned into that when my kids went back to school because so much changed in our schedule. Like we settled into so many things and got out of different habits that we need for a school year. 
in the summertime, we didn't need those things that when summer came back, that was really a time of what do I want to do with my time differently now that the kids are going back to school now that I know that this is what our routine is, or this is where they'll be. And so the other part of this that I want to just encourage our listeners to do is that while we're being hit with billions and billions of dollars of marketing advertisements pushing us into this is a time of change this is a time of resolution if that doesn't feel right to you you're not going to succeed anyway like no matter what we talk about today no matter how many habits or anything that you schedule for yourself if your mind and body is not in a place to receive change to be a catalyst for change or anything like that if you're feeling like gosh, I just got through the holidays. All I want to do is rest. By all means, do that. No one is forcing you into anything else. And so if that's the case, then revisit this. For me, when my kids go back to school after the summertime, this is when I build in some of these things. But I wanted to lay that groundwork a little bit because I find that, as you were saying, there's just much pressure and aggression and all this kind of stuff. There's also just permission to give ourselves to say, now is not the right time for me. So with that said, before we jump into participating in the <laughs> in the new year's churn, so to speak, I wanted to Nina give you an opportunity to just center us a little bit. I feel <laughs> like coming out of holiday chaos is a cacophony of both wonder and stress. It is both joyous and frustrating and yeah. oftentimes we're hit with both positives and negatives and were overwhelmed or whatever it might be. And I know for me personally, I sometimes struggle with this idea of I should feel one way and I might not feel that way because maybe I'm missing a loved one or a relationship that changed or the case may be. And so I think as we are celebrating time with loved ones, but also potentially grieving relationships that are painful. Mm -hmm. There's all this that happens that I feel like we need to acknowledge and accept a little bit before we can move on with a fresh start for New Year's. I'm, I know that you have poems that are associated with body peace. Mm -hmm. You have wonderful words of wisdom. I was wondering if you could share just to maybe center us after all of what we've been through throughout 2022. Absolutely. I would love to and be honored to guide you in what I call an embodiment meditation. So many meditations are all about creating quietness, which is so important. I'm most interested in you listening to your body, getting in your body, because, and it speaks right back to your point, Stacey, about what is your rhythm? Is this the time for you to change? And our ability to listen to our rhythms, that is the experience of trusting our own body, trusting our own cycles, which is so important. And there's a couple of words that you said were so important. One was permission and the other is honoring, right? It's permission to let yourself be and honor your own pace and what you need. And the place that I find that wisdom lies is within your body. So the meditation that I want to guide you on just for two minutes is really to connect to sensation because that is how our body speaks, right? If we go to Italy, it'd be nice to speak a little Italian, right? If we go to the world of our body to find out what's going on, how does she speak? She speaks in the land of sensation, 
in the language of sensation. So that's where we want to go right now. So my invitation to you, Stacy, to whoever's listening, if you're somewhere where you're comfortable closing your eyes, do that. If you're not comfortable, simply gaze softly. You can gaze softly down or somewhere pleasant in the room. And notice, just notice your breath. It's happening. For sure, it's happening. So just notice what is happening as you breathe. How does your breath move in and out of your body? You might notice, I really notice that my breath is hollow and up in my chest. Or wow, I really breathe deep. I can feel my belly expand. Or oh, I feel like my back, the ribs in my back start to move. Move. Noticing how does breath move through my body? Breath is such an invitational force to bring us into our body. It literally moves from the outside world to inside. So following the breath as it moves in your body. And then when you can find it, right, you might find, oh, I notice there's a little breath as the breath comes out of my nose, right? Or I can feel it move through my lips. Just getting so curious. What is the sensation of breathing? And then invite that breath to elongate. So it's like you're inhaling a little more and you're exhaling a little more. You're letting that breath get longer. There's no force. There's no big gulping breaths. It's so gentle. It's an invitation to take up your space. It's permission to be when we create a long, beautiful, easeful breath. We get to just be. So letting that happen for just two breaths, long breaths. And then last thing, get really curious. What else is happening in here? What else is happening in my body? This is a powerful question. This is checking in. Hey, body, what's going on with you? This is asking our most powerful teacher, what's up? Hey, body, what's the sensation? What are you experiencing? And then is there anything I can do for you right in this moment? Not tomorrow, not an hour, in this moment. Is there anything I can do? Can I sit in a different way, stand in a different way, shift my posture in a different way that allows me to be and just take two breaths like that? And then before we come back, just ask yourself, what have I noticed in these last three minutes? What have I noticed about myself? What have I learned about myself? And then thank yourself. You can put your hand on your heart. Thank yourself. Oh, body, thank you for having this conversation with me because that is exactly what you did. You had a conversation with this wise teacher, your own body. And then when you're ready, you can open your eyes or leave them closed if you're listening. Hopefully not while you're driving. <laughs> Hopefully not while you're driving. <laughs> I, 
I know that this is not the moment for jokes, but that's why I'm going to do it anyway. I noticed that I could breathe through my nose for the first time in a week. I have been actively waiting for the day that I could once again breathe through my nose and am very grateful that I was able to do those activities with deep breathing through my nose. For listeners, if you are not following on social media, I got the flu. I made some life choices that are reminders for me as to why I don't usually make those life choices. Traveling to California and ended up with the crud. And um, hopefully now I'm on the other side of it. And thanks to Nina for her patience and flexibility and rescheduling this show. And listeners, I'm sure you have loved ones, if not yourself, who have been exposed to the junk as well. And so hopefully in all of the stuff that we're going to talk about today, you're giving yourself that space, not just to breathe and fill your body, but also to rest and to heal. And to, if you've just gotten out of holiday events, your body is likely fighting some things as well. So doing these sort of activities and really getting in in simpatico, like I like to think with my body, mm-hmm. want my brain and body to be in lockstep together can sometimes make all the difference when it comes to how our body is able to restore itself going forward. So I know for me, that was big as I gave myself that space and rested over the last few days. And I want to shout out to Nina, who saw me saying on social media, oh, I don't feel well. I don't know how I'm going to do the podcast this week. And Nina was like, why are we doing the podcast this week? Let's just reschedule. <laughs> okay. That's very brilliant and genius of you. Thank you. I love- Doesn't that speak, doesn't that speak though, to what our expectations of ourselves? It's the perfect segue into how we expect, oh, January 1st, now our expectations, let's just ramp that up a notch here right oh i have the flu no i am due on air never mind the fact that i can't breathe that's okay we're gonna do it anyway stacy you and i were joking about who's your boss anyway right it's what we expect of ourselves is unrealistic And there are consequences when we have that high expectation of ourselves. And it's an important thing to think about when we're looking at, I really want to make this change. Okay, just like you would with a very dear friend. Again, this is relational. All right, so you want to make a change? What what are you hoping for? And if you go down this route, How do you think that could work for you? And do you think that's sustainable? Is this behavior you could imagine yourself doing in three months, in six months? And especially when it comes to weight loss, it's so important to look at the statistics around weight loss, right? Oh, I'm going to eat this way and I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to keep this weight off forever. And I'm never going to stray from this particular way of eating because this is it. I found the holy grail of diets. When in reality, 95% of people who go on diets gain their weight back, if not more, in two to five years. And the most common outcome of dieting is weight gain and disordered eating. So when you hear yourself, yes, but I want to lose weight and I want to eat this way forever. Wait a second. I hear the expectations. Let's explore just like I would with a dear friend. What's the reality? How does this look down the road? 
I think what's been interesting for me as I've done more education on, I love how simple you put it, that the most common outcomes of dieting are weight gain and disordered eating. I think Mm -hmm. if that was as a warning label on every diet that someone was being sold to, people would rethink before they jumped into something, is this really what I want to do? Do I want to limit and restrict myself? Do I want to do all this kind of stuff? Or am I really about the outcome that I'm looking for, which is health and wellness? Or am I really about more energy? Am I really about wanting to have health markers that give me the best chance to live as long of a life as I can to meet my great-grandchildren? What is it that that the outcome is? And then building in sustainable long-term habits that can help us get there. Things like preventative medicine is just as important, yet people often don't do those things. So I think one of the one of the things that I wanted to look into before we talked about resolutions specifically was that the number one resolution that people have is weight loss. That is the most common of all every year tied to getting fit or doing some sort of fitness thing, right? Like they're both hand in hand at the top of the chart. And as Nina said, we see a very high percentage of people, depending on how you slice and dice the facts, like 97% of people will regain everything they lost and then some within three years. So it's just a matter of like when you're looking at people, but we can see within that two year mark, that's where there's really not a lot of retention. And what also has this negative effect is that um, we see that the metabolic rate is negatively affected. And so if you do have this idea in your head that you're going to move forward with something and it feels sustainable, I know for me, there were a lot of diets that I took on that I said were lifestyle changes and that felt sustainable long-term. The problem is that when you reduce your metabolic rate, it your body adjusts to that new deficit and is going to start gaining at that deficit. And so in order to continue to trick your body and the fat cells that want to refill back up over and over again, you have to keep lowering that threshold throughout your life. And we can also look at the all-cause mortality rates of elder individuals and say the people who live the longest and who have the healthiest outcomes are those in the overweight category. What is it about that's actually helping them be successful? If our goal is to live a long, healthy life and to have a higher degree of success in terms of if I got the flu when I was 80, how would I have the best chance of overcoming that? And it's to have healthy biomarkers and If you're in that overweight category, instead of normal weight or underweight, that's actually more successful for those people. Stacey, I have a story for you around that one. Okay. And I don't want to say that can't be for anybody, but I just want to point out that I think we get pulled into this, but I want to be healthy and therefore I need to do blah, 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 blah. That's Mm -hmm. just part of the billions and billions of being sold to people that we need to just break free from. So please share your story and kick us off to the good stuff. Yeah, but there's actually two stories. So the first is what you were saying about aging and not being in a very small body. So last year, my mom's now 91. She was 90 years old and she got sick. It wasn't COVID. It was bronchitis. 
And I was with her and it was getting bad. It was getting really bad. And she wasn't eating. And so I brought her to the doctor and I said, I'm really, she he put her on the appropriate medication and all of that. And I said, but I'm very concerned. She's barely eating. And he said, I'm not concerned. She has enough on her of body mass that she can sustain this and she'll recover. It's the women who are older, who have been dieting their whole life, who are very petite. They have no resilience there's nothing in their body that can make it through a crisis like this. She'll be okay. She'll get her appetite back probably in about a week and she'll manage this just fine. She said, he said, if she was in a much smaller body, I would be very concerned. She would probably end up in the hospital on IV. It's and I was like, oh, and, I, and then I looked down and appreciated all my curves, <laughs> right? So that, that's one story. The other story I want to say is about this piece, about when you said it so beautifully, what's under the weight loss, really? What are we going for? And it's such an important thing to explore. So I, a friend of mine, dear friend of mine who I've known for decades, we're out to dinner. She knows exactly what I do. We're eating Mexican food. And she says, yes, but Nina, but what if I just want to lose weight? And I was like, okay, let's think about it this way. So I took my dish. I had an empty little side dish. I put it in front of me. I'm like, let's put weight loss right here on this little side dish. And we want what's on this dish. Great. I'm going to put this right in front of me. But why do I want this dish? What else would I get when I get this dish of weight loss? Oh, what I'll get is energy. Great. So I took the nachos and put that next. And then what else would I get? Oh, I would get feeling confident. Great. I put the guacamole and I put that next in front of it. And what else would I get? I would feel pretty energetic and vibrant and all the good things. Great. So I took the, the next dish and put that. And I said, now the problem is this. If weight loss is what's in front of me, I get onto the weight loss plate. I start trying to navigate it, but the weight loss plate is a cycle. I can never get off the weight loss plate because weight loss is not a successful experience. It doesn't work. And because it's not successful, I never get the good stuff. I never get to the place where I that get to have the guacamole and I have energy and I get the chips and I get to feel confident and I get the, the mole because then I'm feeling fantastic and feeling like I can really trust my body. I never get there because I'm stuck on this loop of a plate that never ends. But if I just say, you know what, let's put this weight loss plate to the side and let's dive right into the guacamole. I want more energy. Okay, I want more energy. We're not having the weight loss conversation. We're having an energy conversation. Fantastic. How do you know already what happens in your life that helps you have more energy? Most women, most people can say, oh, I get more energy when I actually sleep, when I drink water, when I eat a veggie or two, right? When I am hanging out with people who are fun. Oh, these are energizing things. Great. Now we're in the guacamole. Now we're in the yummy part of life. Oh, and now you want to feel confident? Great. How do you know what do you know makes you feel confident? When I take a little time in the morning and wear my favorite colors and I just 
stretch a little. I feel a little more pep in my step. I feel a little more all that. Great. Now we're into the chips, right? As soon as we get the weight loss plate off of the table, then we can dive into the yummy parts of life. And that's what we want. That's what's really fun, right? That's a sustainable, peaceful, supportive, joyful, trusting, yummy relationship with our body. I love the idea of diving into guacamole. I'm 100% here for diving into guacamole. You know, I think that's so poignant. And I know it's so hard. Even myself sometimes, can I just lose weight without it being dieting? And I'm like, oh, it's like, I feel like we are being constantly marketed to, and especially this time of year. And even when you're looking at the shows that you watch that aren't about that, you are still being, our cultural approach is still about looking younger. And if not losing weight, then gaining weight, but only in the right places. This also (laughs) applies to like, no, and it's toxic masculinity. It's, it's all of it all wrapped in one, not just for women. It's no matter what it is that you look like, there is always something out there culturally, societally, that's telling you it's not enough. And that is the war that I found myself in with my body constantly. And even when I hit my goal weight, it wasn't enough. The marker of what I felt I needed to do changed and I was not happy. I wasn't living my life. I wanted to be enjoying the guacamole and the mole and all Mm -hmm. that stuff, but I was consumed and obsessed with what I needed to do to maintain, to do more, to, to move that marker to the next area. And I think when I give myself the space to think about where I want to spend my time, how I want to have a relationship, not just with myself, but with my children, with my husband, with all these people in my life. Do I want to constantly be worried about what I look like? Or do I want to have a relationship that is based on connection in a much deeper way? And for sure, my answer is the latter. Like I want to build a relationship with the people in my life that is not based on appearances. And I would always say to my friend, I would never choose you based on what you look like. So (laughs) why am I being obsessed about that myself? And I think giving yourself the freedom to have that moment with yourself can bring us back to why am I now in this moment thinking, oh, I need to put weight loss top of mind. Is it because for me personally right now, I just had the flu and I couldn't breathe. And I was like, oh, this is because you're out of shape and all of the shame and stuff that comes with that. Like, no, just had the flu. You're congested. (laughs) You're going to relax and you're going to go back to building healthy habits that I enjoy and I love doing after. And I think a really great example of that, Nina, when you were talking is this idea of what makes you feel good, what makes you feel confident. And I literally had a vision of myself. I, when I went to California, which was where I picked up the flu, I had an early morning walk and I just, I loved 
being out watching the sunrise and walking around and feeling the air and getting a little sweaty as I took this long walk in the morning, feeling like how amazing that was. And I didn't do that because I wanted to be thin. I didn't do that because of all these societal pressures. I did it because my body wanted me to explore. I wanted to explore where I was. I wanted to enjoy that moment, watch the sunrise. There were so many wonderful things about that morning. And so in my head, I'm like, this is not a shame session, Stacey, about why you got the flu or, you know, what you need to do now that you've had the flu. This is a moment for me to remember No, literally right before I got the flu, I did, I took a long walk, (laughs) I was doing good stuff and that's okay. And so I think we need to give ourselves those reminders because it's, it's overwhelming the pressure that comes and and attack. So I think you said, right? Like it's just a constant attack. It's aggressive. But one of the, there's a couple of things you said that are so powerful that I want to pull forward. One is this idea of where do we want our time and energy to go? I've talked to countless clients who are like, oh my gosh, the amount of time I've obsessed over my weight and what I just ate and what I should start again tomorrow with and the new diet. One woman said, I honestly could have figured out how to feed an entire village in Africa. She said, this is ridiculous. The amount of time it takes, the amount of energy it takes. During COVID, I started studying Hebrew and I grew up speaking French. I grew up in Canada. And so I grew up speaking French. And so I was like, so excited to be learning a new language. And as I'm learning and in my classes every morning on Zoom, I was thinking, oh my gosh, if I hadn't learned the language of Weight Watchers, of Slim Fast, of Scarsdale, that dates me, of a million other diets, honestly, I'd have five languages by now. But I wasn't learning languages. I was learning the language of restriction. I was learning the language of shame. I was learning the language that my body was not okay. It's the language of distrust. And what you talked about walking on the beach was the connection with sensuality, the connection with pleasure. And that teaches us the language of trusting our body, the language of this is a good place to live, the language of kindness with ourselves, the language of our nervous system being regulated. Right? Those are the languages we want to really learn and learn how to speak fluently. And the what is always interrupting, which interrupted me for decades, is the language of dieting. This podcast is brought to you by Nom Nom Dog Food, who uses the latest science and insights to make real good food for dogs. Y'all, I am so excited to introduce you because if you know me, you know I am obsessed with my dogs and I want them to live happy, healthy, long lives too. They both have special dietary needs to ensure they have low inflammation to help their brachiocephalic breathing, say that three times fast, and to keep their coats shiny and healthy without itching skin or paws all signs your dog could have food allergies. So while one of my dogs will literally eat anything, y'all, my dirty tissues excite Gus right now, our other dog, Penny, is super picky. Recently, she started refusing her food. Not fun. And 
it was the only food that she didn't refuse up to that point. I did not know what to do other than to add human food. And that's not realistic in our busy household. So I knew I needed to look into getting her human grade dog food, but I was worried about cost. So I actually looked into how much the food that we were using was costing. For both dogs, it was $7.50 a meal. And still, we had to put human food on it to get Penny to eat. So I looked into alternative options and found Nom Nom. I was able to get the dogs nutrient-packed recipes crafted by board-certified veterinary nutritionists made fresh and shipped to my door for free for only, get this, $2.40 a meal. It's like a third of the price of what I was paying, and she loves it so much. All cooked in company-owned kitchens in the USA. Nom Nom really cares about your dog's digestion, made with real whole food you can see and recognize without any additives or fillers that contribute to irritation, bloating, and low energy. And they have the world's largest pet microbiome database to help create better recipes for every breed, size, and digestive sensitivity. Nom Nom delivers fresh dog food with every portion personalized to your dog's needs so you can bring out their best. Plus, I love this. Since they've been cooking, they've partnered with local shelters and rescues. So for any pet owner that has adopted through their partner list, they'll donate $50 back in your name when you sign up. And Nom Nom comes with a money back guarantee. So if your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. Go right now for 50% off your no-risk two-week trial at trynom.com slash whole view. That's T-R-Y-N-O-M dot com slash whole view for 50% off. Trynom.com slash whole view. This podcast is sponsored by Just Thrive because these days we all need a health boost to the gut, especially me. You can save 15% site wide at justthrivehealth.com by using promo code whole view at justthrivehealth.com. You've heard me talk about their probiotic for years. I recommend it to all my skincare clients because your gut health impacts literally everything inside and out, including your well-being and your mood. And now Just Thrive has a clinically proven product that represents a new approach to uplifting your mood and mind naturally with Just Calm. Multiple studies show that it helps reduce perceived stress, balance cortisol, improve sleep quality, and even encourage focus and flow. Just Calm contains Belongum 1714, which in studies has been found to modulate resting neural activity that correlated with enhanced vitality and reduced mental fatigue. Yes, please. And it modulated neural responses during social stress, which may be involved in the activation of brain coping centers to counter regulate negative emotions. Also, yes. I take mine with their spore-based probiotic, which has more human clinical research than any other probiotic out there and has a survival rate in your gut of greater than 99.9% of probiotics on the market. Plus, it's vegan-friendly, gluten-free, dairy-free, histamine-free, and non-GMO. 
Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm make the perfect one-two punch, backed by real scientifically proven results to help you be your best self. And right now, you can get 15% off this dynamic duo when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code THEWHOLEVIEW at checkout. To try it, get 15% off when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code THEWHOLEVIEW. That includes bundles and subscriptions. I think what's um, so difficult is unlearning that language of dieting. Like I know English now, yeah. it would be really difficult to learn English. Instead, exactly. instead, what I can do is recognize English and say, that's not what I want to speak today. So I think as we talk about this idea of body peace, especially as we approach New Year's because that is 100% a resolution I can get behind. And I love that you use the word pleasure because friend Kai was on the show a couple of weeks ago and she said that her word for 2022, she always chooses a word for the year and her word for 2022 is pleasure. And she chose to not do things intentionally that did not bring her pleasure. And I was like, Mm. I love that concept. And it was pleasurable for me to walk along the beach that day. And it wasn't about a shame cycle or I wasn't doing it because of something negative. So as we move towards this concept of building in habits of self-love, and I think it's like building a muscle of body peace, right? You have to put work in to build a muscle to intentionally unlearn that language, whether it be being at war with your body, being aggressive with your body, being negative to your body, or simply just recognizing diet culture as a language that is infiltrating. I wonder like, what then we can do to gift ourselves that freed up mental space moving forward. What are some of the things that some specific actions and habits that we can recommend to listeners when they start embarking upon wanting to build in pleasure, positivity, and peace into 2023? Yeah, so great. And I loved how you said it's like a muscle that we're building. I think a body piece is a practice, right? It's not a destination. It's not, oh, I'm going to lose seven pounds and tick. I made it. I'm here. And now I will stay here forever. All my problems are gone. (laughs) Right. Ta-da! Right? It's the fairy dust there. We don't do that. And it doesn't work. What we do is invite in, support practices, body peace practices that let us live into a relationship that feels pleasurable, that feels supportive, that feels fun, right? Because we all know living in a body isn't always the easiest things. We get flus, we get COVID, we get injuries, we get illnesses. It happens. So to have this idea that I will get to the top of the mountain and I will stay there forever with the perfect body in perfect health is just not human. It's not real. So how do we, is a great question, how do we cultivate body peace? Because that's what we're doing. We're cultivating body peace. We're finding practices that get us on a body peace path. And one of the most powerful things we can do is something that we did at the very end of the meditation. 
Put your hand on your heart and then say to yourself, hello, body. It's turning towards your own self, your own body. We are so trained to, oh, what is, what is she doing? How is she eating? So what's her new thing? Oh, and what's this star doing? Oh, what was the diet that they were on? Oh, and what's the fitness kick? No, not interested, right? Even all the women who work with me, I'm not interested in them having the Nina approach. I'm interested in Stacy, you having the Stacy approach, right? Everybody having their own wisdom guiding them because our bodies are wise. So a practice that we can do every day in the morning when you wake up, at night when you go to sleep, when you're at a red light, put your hand on your heart. Hello, body. You may get nothing back. It may be crickets. Your body's really, you're talking to me. Are you kidding me? You haven't talked to me in 20 years. I'm not so interested. In fact, I'm mad at you about this. And do you remember that diet? And that didn't, that might be the response. Keep showing up. Keep showing up in this relationship with gentleness and kindness because body peace is healing. Diet culture has been damaging us. The other thing that I want to say is practicing self-compassion. There's in body peace, there's four foundational elements, right? One is we want to have a relationship with our body, right? Hello, body. The next is, oh, if we're having a relationship with our body, it helps to be in our body, right? So some kind of thing that helps you feel your body. We did that in the beginning with the breathing, walking on the beach, right? So I have, I want to have a relationship with my body. It helps to be in my body. And once I'm in my body, I want to be listening to what she has to say. And then I want to talk back to her with kindness. That's self-compassion, right? In the body peace seekers groups that I run, those are the foundations of body peace. Those are the pillars that we dive into so that we can cultivate these body peace practices. I love that. And I know when we talked about this in episode 10, we talked about some really specific things that we can say or do to change mindset. So definitely if that strikes something for you, listeners, go back and listen to that episode with Nina. And also, I know, Nina, you are offering some freebies for listeners at ninamanelson.com slash freebies. So we'll put all of that in the link for show notes for people, but you can also follow Nina on social and on her website and different kinds of things so that you can find out about some of these groups and different kinds of things that Nina offers. What I want to do with the rest of the time that we have is give our take on what the 10 most common resolutions are in each of our either thoughts or experiences on them. And I think there's actually, I was surprised, some really great ones on the list. And I would love to like direct people to some of those if they are feeling like resolutions are important for them to set goals for themselves and to build in healthy habits. I get it. I There's no judgment here on whatever people want to do to move forward, but I wanted to talk about them. So I know we've talked about weight loss a lot. And I mentioned earlier that the other top two is to exercise more or to be fit or however someone puts a parameter around that. Um, 
And Nina, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about this concept of bringing joy and positivity and what yeah. feels good listening to yourself when it comes to movement. Yeah, joyful movement. And thinking just that, is this joyful movement? Or is this movement punishment for having just eaten or a punishment for the shape of my body? We want to be doing movement that is pleasurable, that is joyful, that feels right for our body, that respects our body. Because when we don't, a bunch of things happen. One is we don't make it a sustainable habit because it's no fun. Two, we often injure ourselves because we're not listening well. And three, we get into this place of nervous system activation. It becomes a stressful experience instead of one of the most powerful things that exercise and movement can do for us is actually regulate our nervous system. So choosing movement that feels truly pleasurable, truly joyful will make it last long-term and actually give you the benefits that movement has. I love that. And I find that I have more interest in doing some of the things that truly bring me joy with movement, the more that I come at this body piece approach and more to come on that in 2023 in terms of my own personal exploration. But it's been interesting to give myself space and to listen to my body and to see what are those things that bring me joy or that I want to do or that I truly have a desire to and not because I'm feeling like I should for whatever reason. Okay, so the third one that I found was one of the top, we're going to go through top 10, the third is get organized. And as a self-proclaimed queen of spreadsheets, I love being organized. However, this was such a nebulous definition for me that I worry that if someone's goal is genuinely get organized, that they are going to be set up to fail. Because you can't just say, I'm going to snap my finger and be organized. It takes like specific habits or a specific approach to specific things in your life. Like a very, if you gave yourself like, I want to do, I want to manage my pantry to be clean all year long. Like that is a very specific thing. If you're like, I no longer want to have junk drawers in my house. Or if in Matt's case, my husband has ADHD, um, if we no longer want to have doom piles that stress us out and that are causing more harm than good, okay, let's be specific about some of these things and then build in activities and habits and behaviors that prevent them. So the example that I could think of was that Matt used to leave change all over the house and, um, it got to the point where the kids were making fun of him because they'd find change everywhere. It was like, how did change even fall out of your pocket when you're sitting at the dining table? I don't know. But there was just like change everywhere all over the house and no one knew where to put it because they'd find it and they'd put it on a table or they'd put it on a desk or they'd put it on the kitchen counter. It was like change was everywhere. And so instead of saying, okay, Matt, you're going to solve your problem with change, we just made a simple change of putting a jar by his bed. And then he built a habit of emptying his pockets when he came home before he changed into anything else or before he did anything else. He always comes home and cleans up after work or whatever. And so he would empty his pockets into that jar. And now we no longer have piles of change all over the house. So I think it's really about if your goal is to get organized, it's to 
give yourself a specific parameter and don't expect that you're just going to magically become a Virgo Enneagram 8. It's not going to happen overnight as the case for me is. I love Stacy. Also, you said there was change here, change there, change everywhere. And I heard there is like something new happening right? There's change, not the physical change, but the idea of something was changing. And that is what happened. Yes. Yes. It's a double entendre for sure. Yes. Okay. So the next one was learning a new skill or hobby. And I love that you actually mentioned that this is something that you already embarked upon in terms of learning a new language is such a great idea. Do you have other hobbies or things that you do just for you that bring you joy like that? Yes. But first I want to say something about taking on like a big hobby, like a language or woodworking or whatever, like some big project like that. Don't do it alone. Get support, get community. I do not show up early in the morning twice a week because I'm going to sit there and study my books. No, it's because there are 10 other people from all over the world waiting for me and they're going to text me if I don't show up, right? Community is so powerful. I see it in my community of body peace keepers and body peace seekers. Community is what lets us make those like, stretches in our life into something new. Yeah. And I also mentioned that we didn't solve Matt's piles of change alone, right? Like it's something that I got him the jar and we all as a family helped him learn a new habit that is now his and he owns it, but he did not do it alone. And I think a lot of this stuff, people feel responsible for or guilt about or shame of some of these things. And so they build in resolutions and it is impossible to do by yourself. So the next one, I think this is so nebulous. I just put in the notes, Nina, (laughs) because (laughs) I would love for you to address one, the fifth highest popular resolution is live life to the fullest, which is so fantastic, but it's also so broad how you're going to all, I personally, I'll put it this way. I personally will never feel like I'm living life to the fullest. No Mm -hmm. how many changes I make, no matter how many things that I do, I can always think of more that I want to do in life, be living to the fullest. So how do you mark that you're successfully embarking upon something on a trajectory of living life to the full. So the first thing is to ask yourself, what does a full life look like, feel like? What is that for me? Because your full life and my full life might be quite different, right? Some people might say my full life is being with my kids and just having every moment quiet in the house and creating. Somebody else's full life might be jet setting around the world, right? We don't know unless we ask ourselves, what is a life well lived for me? Not for anybody else, not what the magazine says, oh, you must see this place and you must go here and you must, that's just as bad as diet culture telling us what to eat. What is a life well lived for you? And one way to think about that is when I'm dying, What would I want to know that I had done? What would feel like I had really lived full out, 
that I had served humanity or myself or my family, what put my heart out there? What is that? And it's a question to keep inviting, keep deepening, because it changes, it evolves with our age and stage and ability. It's a very, very fun and powerful question. Yeah. And I liken it to, for me, it was leaving corporate America was, this is what I want to do to live my life to the fullest. I want to put the power back in my own hands. But then at the very top of the show, we joked, Nina and I were joking about how difficult my boss is. She's very hard <laughs> on me. And I think that's, it's that constant measure we need to be giving ourselves to of what, what is the balance of living life to the fullest, but also enjoying the moment that I'm in. Cause I think yes. when we often think big picture, when I'm on my deathbed, sometimes we think of moments that are so grand and big. And I can think of travel my family was able to take because I'm not working in corporate America, or I can think of the child that we're adopting because we were able to foster. And I can think of these really big things. I also want to think about the moments where we were just playing a board game after the mm -hmm. kids came home from school because I was there and we could connect and we could have those moments, right? Like it's being able to live in those moments. And sometimes I think if we're focused on, I want to jet set around the world and that will mean that I'm living life to the fullest. And so I need to work in order to make money to do that. And then it gets back into the snowball of negativity and stuff. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. And for me right now, my husband and I have said life is expensive right now. We did a lot of traveling pre-COVID. We're just going to chill. We're just going to mm -hmm. relax. We're going to spend, we don't have very much time left with our kids before they leave the nest. Mm -hmm. Just going to spend every moment that they're willing to spend with us, <laughs> with them doing simple things like watching shows that they want to watch, even if it's not what we might want to watch or having dinners together or playing board games. To me, that is my new definition of living life to the fullest. Whereas a few years ago, it was travel, it was whatever. And so I just want to also give people that space to live in moments and not mm -hmm. just in the grand scheme of big things. Because if you're not allowing yourself to enjoy the moments that you're in, if you're constantly comparing or if you're on your phone or if you're not making time for downtime yeah. then some of those special memories that you'll at least for me as someone who has parent I parenting teenagers at this point <laughs> right look back on what was really special and momentous when my kids were younger and it's some of the things that I wouldn't necessarily have imagined, right? It's yeah. tickle wars and little things like that, that we were just being silly together at home and not necessarily like Disney doesn't come to mind as one of the the top things that I did with them when they were younger. So yeah, it, you're speaking to futurizing when we're futurizing when we're always like, and then I will, and I just need to get this done. And then we're missing out. We're missing out on that living life fully. Love that. Speaking of Disney, <laughs> this, <laughs> the next resolution is to save money or to spend less money. And I know that this has been something that a lot of people have been feeling over the last year has been a financial roller coaster across the world. And I know that it can feel like a daily battle. I am the breadwinner of a large family. I get it. It's also one of the top reasons that relationships fail, that people are super stressed. And I find that if this is something that is important to you in your life, break 
breaking it down to something that can be really simple and actionable instead of feeling like, oh, we need to do better. We need to spend less. We need to save more. Again, those are such large concepts that it's hard to feel like you're being successful at those things. So instead, one of the actions that we took this year was going through our account statements and looking for recurring charges that we didn't need and just canceling some of those accounts that we didn't want or need and then feeling really good about having done that. That was an action that we took. It was like a a check mark on a list that we could make instead of feeling like, oh, we should do more. We have to do more. We need to all this kind of stuff. And another thing that's been really helpful is Matt has a hard time when he's at work planning his day. He has ADHD. And so where what I worked in corporate America, I would bring my lunch and I wasn't spending a lot of money. And we found that part of what we were spending a lot of money on was Matt working, which is ironic. We were like, it's not really having the net positive effect that we want to have if we're grabbing things from the convenience store and from Chipotle and all this stuff. And so instead, um, because it's important to also not feel deprived for him to, when he's working, to feel independent and to have these things, but we would just put like in a specific amount of money, cash in his wallet each week or in an envelope or whatever, and be like, okay, this is your slush fund for the week, so to speak. And then keep credit cards at home so that it's not, oh, let me just nebulously be in doing all these things because I feel like with plastic, with credit cards or whatever, it's very difficult to be mindful about what you're spending. And these are just examples. There's so many, there's like professional money people and all this kind of stuff. I would not pretend to be one, but I just want to give examples of like specific things that people could do because when we say something like save more money or spend less money, that feels to me like we're setting ourselves up for failure and that there's no way to feel successful in that. Because we always want more money. We always want to save more money. Nina's just nodding her head. (laughs) I am. I'm nodding my head. And then once again, what comes to me is life is not a solo sport. If this feels hard, get support. And there are many resources around this and free resources. Do not struggle with this alone. If it's an issue for you, get help. I love that. Totally agree. Another was on the list was quit smoking. And I think I'd lump like alcohol or coffee or sugar or whatever it is that someone feels is creating a battle in their body in this whole category. And, you know, I'd love your thoughts on how to go about creating some habits and change with that net positive, peaceful outcome versus feeling trapped in a cycle of being aggressive or negative towards your body. If you're quitting something, I feel like you're just, you're at war by nature, right? So how do you make peace with that? Yeah. My approach always is add in. Oh, you're trying to do less of this. What are you going to add in? Oh, you want to have less, I don't know, Coca-Cola every day. What are you adding in? oh, you want to have less drinks, alcohol drinks in a day? What are you adding in? Because it's human nature when someone takes something away to go, are you what? Wait, I wanted that. I had that. There was That was there for a reason, right? So it's important to look at what am I adding in and what was the purpose of that thing that I felt like I needed? What was What is the purpose of the... 25 Cokes in a day, the six drinks at night, the what the 
pack of cigarettes, what is it doing for you? Because the behavior that we have are unwanted behaviors, whether it's eating, whether it's any kind of substance, it has a message. There's a reason we're doing it. It's some kind of coping. Now we want to listen in. How are you serving me? Because then we can support ourselves in that area. Love it. And I know that has definitely helped me be successful when I stopped drinking coffee because it didn't feel good, right? I was having negative health effects. The reason and the way that I was able to do that was by adding in smoothies. Like it wasn't, it just went away. It was like, okay, what am I going to do instead of that habit that I enjoyed? That was a moment of pleasure for me in the morning. How am I going to create a new pleasurable moment? And it doesn't have to be food related. It can be a lot of different things. So I love that. It can oftentimes be filling a pleasure void and you can refill that pleasure void with something that isn't food at all. If we know that it's really the pleasure that you're looking for. So I think there's a lot of different things that we can do to fill that void. I think the next two are pretty obvious and I loved both of them, which was spend more time with family and friends. Mm. I think coming out of COVID, all of us are just really in search of that connection with family and friends. I love hearing from so many of my friends that they're seeing their families for the first time in, in years and all that stuff. And unfortunately the germs of flu and all that stuff are still out there. Yeah. So hopefully we're staying safe and we're building our immune system, but finding ways to still connect. And Nina, you mentioned this with almost every single thing that we've gone through, right? We needing community. Absolutely. We need community. We need resources. We need humans. Like I said before, life is not a solo sport. Yeah. Travel more. I, again, I would be very specific about this. Like where, if you're going to put travel in your 2023 goals, Where is it that you want to travel? Something like, I want to visit five national parks in 2023. Or is it that you want to go to Europe for the first time? Or whatever it is, you want to visit a friend who lives in another state. Or for us, we do a lot of road trips. So we'll say we want to do three road trips this year or whatever it may be. But be specific with yourself and plan to it instead of putting something nebulous out there and then being like, gosh, I didn't travel more this year. It might be because you're not building in how to do those things in your life. Yeah. Um, For me, if it's not in the calendar, it doesn't exist. So if I want to go somewhere, the first thing I do is go, oh, these would be the dates. Okay. So then I'm building around because I've created the space literally in my calendar, in my life to make that happen. I think that's why I find myself doing a lot of these resolution activities at the beginning of the school year, because I look mm-hmm. at the school calendar and I'm immediately You're like, like, hey, what time are our breaks? Exactly yeah. to do these things. And then we start reaching out to people like, oh, okay, so I'm going to have spring break at this time, or we're going to have this at this mm-hmm. time. Start building that in. So whether you do it for New Year's or you do it at a different time, I think putting it in the calendar is the best way to travel more. And in my case, that's often my way to see friends and family. So these two go hand in hand. And then the last one, which was definitely something that was not my resolution for 2022, but I ended up doing, which was reading more. Nina, I created a naughty book club on Patreon because I've been enjoying reading so much. I love that. I Um, love that. 
I have read so much more this year than I have probably in the last 10, 20 years combined. I was an English major and I read so much in college and then came out of college and was a blogger and wrote so much on the internet and wrote cookbooks. And I just was like tired of books for a while and lost that love. But the love is back. And I can tell you firsthand, five pages a day was where I started with. And I was like, I'm just going to read five pages a day. That's my goal. And if I miss a day, that's okay. I'll just read 10 pages the next day. And that was incredible for me to build a habit of reading. And now I read every single night before bed and I love it. I just can't recommend it enough. So again, if you're going to tell yourself that you want to read more, how are you going to read more? What are you going to read? Is it that you want to educate yourself and you want to read something that is self-improvement? Like Brene Brown's Alice of Heart was amazing for me. I loved that. Or is it you want to get lost and you want to enjoy that reset to your nervous system? There's so many positive things about getting lost in a book and really Mm -hmm. letting your imagination kick in and all that kind of stuff. There is no bad book you can read. Like it is go wild at the library if you need to, whatever it is. I actually put a top 12 of 2022 on the blog. If you want to read my picks of this year of all the, we could see all the books that I read and then the ones that I recommend, but, um, do you love your learning language? So I'm assuming that you like to read, but I do. I am learning language and I, I'm a bit of a body relationship geek. A lot of my reading and within my communities, we have a book group and we're reading literature around body liberation. So that's where a lot of, and also I write, I write body peace poems. I think that finding language for our experience actually lets us navigate our world with a little more elegance, with a little more, lets us really navigate in a way that feels, oh, I can articulate this and with more awareness, with more intentionality. Yeah, I know that has definitely been the case for me in having words to feelings or thoughts that I couldn't quite put together before and sharing with others and feeling, oh, I have a deeper connection with someone because I'm able to articulate something that I wasn't before. And now we're discoursing on it. There's so much to be gained from that. So totally agree. But I just want to remind you listeners that even if you take on one of these top 10 things with some of the caveats or creative ideas that we're suggesting that only 46% of people who make a New Year's resolution will see it through to completion, or it was referred to as successful in the article. And that's why I was saying, I feel like a lot of these set people up for failure instead of for success. It's Instead of saying, oh, I want to save money, let's, I want to implement three specific strategies to help us save $2,000 this year or like whatever it is, right? And so if you have some discretion around some of these categories, I hope that you will see them more successfully. And I also want to remind you that if your resolution isn't serving you in the way that you thought that it would, if especially, for example, dieting, I can think of as a great example of not feeling good in your body. If you are listening to your body and you are leading a life in the direction that feels fulfilling without guilt, without shame, and that means stopping a resolution or a habit that you created because it doesn't feel right and it doesn't bring those things that is good and I want you to feel good about that I don't want you to feel like 
you weren't successful or you didn't see something through to completion, you learned something about yourself. You learned that something wasn't right for you and you listened to your body and you stopped. And that's amazing. Stacy. I'm wondering, that's the perfect segue. I'm wondering if I can share this poem, Please, Body yes. Peace poem that I wrote. And it is about that feeling of start, wanting to start again. So it's called Start Again. Resolutions are passe, at least I'm over them. But that desire to wipe the slate clean, to get back in the saddle, to start again still lingers. The hope of redemption, of doing better, of improving drives us. To look at tomorrow, at Monday, at the first of the month, the first of the year, as a moment to transform, to eat better, to move more, to go to bed on time. But the potential isn't the start line. That's out there. The power is in. The listening is the momentum. Skip the starting blocks. Sink into all the feels. How can you support yourself right now? I love that. And it does so much encapsulate much of what we talked about in a very poetic sort of way. So thank you for sharing, Nana. And listeners will be sharing what we really thought over on patreon.com slash the whole view, which is the best place to ask questions. Or if you love the show that we create and produce ourselves, it is also a great way to support the show, but so is leaving a review and hitting the follow or subscribe button in the app. The however you're choosing to listen to our show today so that others can find us as well. And as a reminder, if you'd like to keep in touch with Nina, you can find her at ninamanelson.com. Also at Nina Manelson on Instagram. And you can search Facebook for Nina Manelson Body Peace and on YouTube. But all of that can be found on ninamanelson.com where you can also see the Practicing Body Peace journal and the free resources as well. So I'll put a link to all of those in the show notes for you. And thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate your willingness to be open to growth, to working through your own personal changes, whether you're implementing a resolution today or not, by listening, you are learning and unlearning ways that we can become better versions of ourselves. So thank you for being here today. And Nina, thank you for being on the show with us, for coming back and sharing your wisdom. I think it was a great time to revisit some of these awesome concepts. Stacy, totally my pleasure. Thank you for having me. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.